This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. Well, all right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. I'm Gordon Firemark, and this is the show where I bring you information about how lawyers can use the power of podcasting to support and develop their businesses, even when they're not podcasting, strictly speaking, about the law. My guest today is Neil Tyra, a lawyer from Montgomery County, Maryland, just outside Washington, D.C., where he practices family law, elder law, estate planning, and some personal injury. He strives to form long-lasting personal relationships with his clients and is very involved in his community as well. He came to his career in law later in life after success in several other interesting fields. He was a professional cook, uh, information systems management uh, person for NASA and the DOD, and even ran a martial arts studio. But he considers among his greatest accomplishments his role of 33 years as husband to, is it Noel or Noel? Or how do you say that would, it? That would be Noel. Okay, Noel. And uh, his children, Bernadette and Clark. Uh, Neil's a self described Apple fanboy and runs his practice, as do I, entirely on the Apple platform. He blogs and podcasts at thelawentrepreneur.com, where he shares insights and knowledge, both his own and that of his guests, about the intersection of law and entrepreneurship, with the emphasis on starting and managing the small and solo law practices. Today, we're here to talk about podcasting, and Neil's podcast is also titled The Law Entrepreneur, and uh, it's great listening for anyone who looks at their law practice as a business and not just as a job. So, Neil Tyra, thanks for being with us. Well, thanks ever so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. <laughs> when did you get started with the podcast? Well, um, February of this year. So we've just uh, aired our 31st episode. We air, generally speaking, every Monday, once a week. Mm-hmm. And so 31 weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And how long had you been blogging in this space before that? Before that, um, well, I had, I had a blog on my own uh, law firm website. Yeah. And so uh, I've been blogging there ever since mm-hmm. I opened my practice, you know, 11, 12 years ago. Yeah. So, um, but now I also blog on the Law Entrepreneur mm-hmm. website as well. And so we're going to be p- picking up the pace there yeah. in terms of blogging. But Okay. So what was it that led you to this market, the, the Law Entrepreneur stuff, rather than the, I, I presume in your law practice blog, you were doing more uh, client-directed stuff sure yeah um well i'm i'm a podcast junkie i probably listen to 12 to 16 hours worth of podcasts a week if not more um and i started off listening basically to podcasts in the mac and apple computer Mm -hmm. uh sphere and my go-to podcast was mac power users which is hosted by david sparks and Katie Floyd, who are yeah. both attorneys themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I listened to that weekly and fantasized, man, wouldn't that be a great thing to do to have a podcast where I just talk about the stuff that I like to talk about anyway, that mm-hmm. would be, you know, Apple products and what have you. So, um, it was always kind of, you know, in the back of my mind that that would be something interesting to do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have a phone that turned <laughs> off. I apologize. That's quite all right. Um, and I can't turn it off here. So I hope you can, <laughs> I hope you'll be able to edit that out. 
I'm not going to edit it out. We'll just bear with it. That's the way okay. things go when you run a busy law practice. So all right. my <laughs> it's all right. No worries. So um, go on. So I always had this in the, in the back of my mind. And as I progressed as a solo practitioner in the law, it also became clear that there was a, a lot of information out there about how to run a solo practice. Yeah. Uh, it's not something, frankly, that law schools spend a lot of time paying attention to. They turn out attorneys who, um, you know, can practice law, mm -hmm. but once they go to run uh, the business of their own law firm, it gets it gets difficult. And uh, not too many law schools provide that service. So I started looking around as to what resources were available. And there weren't many. Mm -hmm. And and I had some mentors in that space, most specifically Mark Miranda, who yeah. was actually my guest this just this past uh, Monday. Um, it was a great and, episode, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it was long overdue yeah. uh, having him on the show. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so uh, I started getting the idea, well, I wonder if I could do a podcast in the legal business sphere, the the, yeah. the business of running a law practice. So I started looking around to see what was available, and there wasn't a whole lot. There's a few mm -hmm. um, that focus on similar or you know other aspects other than actually you know running the business of a, a of a practice. Mm -hmm. And I um, started then listening to another fellow, um, Pat Flynn, sure. who is the host of um, Smart Passive Income, mm -hmm. uh, a extremely popular um, podcast. And he had a free how to do a podcast course. So I took the free how to do a podcast course and I said, well, you know, I think I'm going to give this a shot. And <laughs> I kind of focused in on how 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 I would focus on um, running a, a law practice or 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 running the business mm -hmm. of law, and I focused on three different kinds of of clients. I wanted to interview other successful solo practitioners. Mm -hmm. I should say other. I mean successful because I you I would count yourself among that group. Well, I'm not sure that I would count myself as successful as some of my guests. So okay. I wanted to um, pick their brains. So I wanted to, to interview successful solo attorneys and find out what they did right, what mm -hmm. they did wrong, what they wish they could have done over again differently, yeah. um, how they staff their office, what role technology plays in their office, how they do billing, how they do marketing, all those things that you need to know to run to run and build a law practice. So that was the first category of guests. The second category of guests were successful entrepreneurs who had skills that weren't necessarily legally uh, oriented, but that could translate or be used by mm -hmm. an entrepreneurial lawyer. And then the third um, type of guest satisfied my Apple fanboy um bent and and they were going to be gadget people mm -hmm. as i referred to them <laughs> people who had either a a application or a platform or a website 
something that lawyers could use to grow their business. And those, those are the three kinds of guests that we attempt to have uh, on the law entrepreneur. And thus far it's been, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty well received. Yeah. So you mentioned that you, you followed Pat Flynn's online uh, tutorial on how to get set up and so on. You did everything yourself. Yes, I did everything myself. Um, You know, I don't have a a very elaborate studio, frankly. Uh, You know, I'm just plugged in with a um, ATR uh, microphone uh, into my laptop, my Mm -hmm. MacBook Air. Sure. And have a little boom arm to to hold the mic and Mm -hmm. and plug in the headset. And that's all I've done. And so I use Skype. There's the application mm-hmm. to call the guests on, and there's a corresponding little piece of software that actually records that conversation mm-hmm. digitally on two different channels. So each speaker is on a different channel. Is that the Ecamm call recorder? It is Ecamm call yeah. recorder. Yep. Cool. And then um, I did spring for hiring a engineer. Oh, to make the podcast sound more professional, to do all the editing mm-hmm. um, that, that's necessary, just to give it a little more polished look. Because I did, since I'm seeking to appeal to attorneys who like to consider themselves as professionals, I wanted the podcast to have a professional quality sound sure. to it. And so... Cody Boyce is my engineer. He works out of the Midwest. He does a lot of podcasts. He's a very popular podcast engineer. And uh, and so he's been very capable in making me sound a lot better than I really am. So you you basically record, make the recordings and then just ship them out to him and he turns them into the finished product. Yeah, he packages uh, up the finished product and then he uploads it to our various distribution channels. Mm Mm-hmm. iTunes, Stitcher, sure. um, and yeah. logs into my website and loads it on my website as well. Is he doing the show notes for you as well, or is that something you do? He is doing the show okay. notes. I'm providing some input to that, mm-hmm. uh, but yes. He's so you focus the on the high-level aspects of, of obviously getting the, the guests and uh, <laughs> getting the content onto the recording. Exactly. I, you know, I, and thus far, it's been, I've been very lucky. Mm-hmm that I've had a plethora of really high quality guests that uh, right from the very beginning have mm-hmm. made me sound a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> um, and it, it's been a, a really, I'm very pleasantly surprised. I was hoping that if we'd you know, had, a, had a couple hundred or so listeners that I would do this for a while and, and see how it goes, but it's been it's been really kind of exploding and doing much better than that. So I can't uh, complain at all. Proof of the existence of a market of people who are hungry for this kind of information. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because a lot of the feedback that I'm getting is from um, obviously attorneys who are saying, look, this is, this is sorely needed. Mm -hmm. This is a resource that uh, I'm finding very useful because I can't find it in too many other places there's a lot of folks who will sell you um, courses on mm-hmm. how to improve your practice. Uh, some of them are valuable and worthwhile, and some of them I'll leave for the uh, listener to yeah. to determine for themselves. 
I wanted to make this, you know, a free resource. Mm-hmm. That's the whole idea behind the podcast is a free resource. And so uh, that makes it accessible to, you know, more and more yeah. people. I, I thought really it would be much more regionalized when I started. I mean, I guess I, I guess I had a, you know, a fantasy that it would have a broader appeal outside the Washington metropolitan area. But I knew that at least initially that's where my market was mm-hmm. and that's who I would be uh, marketing the the podcast to. But I've been re- really very pleasantly surprised how broad a footprint the podcast has achieved. And we've had uh, listeners in just about all 50 states thus far. Mm-hmm. And several, to my surprise, several folks outside the country. Fantastic. And so uh, I guess you might expect Canada is a is a mm-hmm. big area for for our listeners and and the UK and uh, Germany and Australia so mm-hmm. pretty much the English speaking I guess yeah. countries more or less but I got a lot in Macaw so I don't know what that what, <laughs> what's going on with that so um, could be hackers who knows <laughs> <laughs> well I actually I know of one attorney actually I've interviewed him on the show uh, who is. Um, a, a sort of a mobile warrior. He he, you know, has a laptop and will travel, and he lives most of his year in in the Far East. So maybe he's one of them. And well, there you go, <laughs> rallying. Yeah, there you go. yeah. Um, so you know, no no project like starting a podcast is without its little hurdles and and challenges. So can you talk a little bit about some of the hurdles that you had to overcome in getting this thing launched and up and going. Well, I had to um, you know figure out how to attract guests that were that would be interesting to other people mm-hmm. um, so I started with the premise that if if I thought they were interesting sure. chances are at least some segment of the audience might find them interesting mm-hmm. as well and so I went I, I went to the inter, the easy uh, folks mm-hmm. people I knew um, and trusted, and knew had something to say. Mm-hmm. My first guest was Tom Simeone, my former boss, ah. who uh, took a chance on an older law student. Uh, I, I went to law school, as you mentioned in the intro, uh, rather late in life, which makes it a little difficult uh, to get a job in big law uh, <laughs> yeah. because they're simply not going to make the investment on somebody who's a little longer in the tooth as if they have the choice of going with a younger candidate. Sure. But Tom took that chance, and uh, Tom has grown his practice from both he and his partner, Craig Miller, to a thriving uh, me- small to medium-sized firm now. And, and he spent a, spent a lot of time thinking about and contemplating the, the business side of his practice. And so he, he still remains. I don't know if it's just because it's the, the first episode in the uh, – um, in the podcast, but he still remains the highest downloaded uh, uh, episode in uh, in our series. So, so I started off with people like Tom, and then I just tapped friends of mine that I knew that were successful, mm-hmm. that I thought had something to, to offer. And one thing led to another, and we started branching out and, and looking at other candidates, other types of um, folks who had something different to say, something different to offer. Then I started going into the, as we said, the entrepreneur types, people who uh, 
developed a, a, an application mm-hmm. or owned a platform, and that was very successful. Um, and and then moved on to the our Apple my Apple folks, sure. and uh, what was really good is when I could get somebody who had a foot in both, you know, uh, areas. So sure. David Sparks, mm-hmm. who, who I mentioned, was the uh, or is the host of mm-hmm. uh, Mac Power Users. He's an attorney out there on the West Coast. Yeah, he was a guest on this show as well. Yeah, yeah and he's a terrific guy. And I just out of the blue reached out and said, hey, could I interest you in being on my podcast? And he jumped at the chance. So I was enormously um, grateful to him. And he has a very large audience. Yeah. So when he mentioned uh, to his tribe that he was going to be on our podcast, my downloads went through the roof. So really very happy <laughs> about great. that. Yeah. So, so, so the challenge, to get back to your question, the challenges that I've had in terms of, of this is, one, finding the guests. And trying to get ahead of the curve so I'm not putting pressure on poor Cody mm-hmm. to hand over a sound recording on Friday and, and ask him to have it ready by Monday. <laughs> right. So that that's one. And secondly, you know, once you turn the microphone on and this thing goes live, mm-hmm. it's a little intimidating. Sure. And you have to learn how to both chat with your guest and think ahead at the same time. And listen and and think ahead at the same time, so it requires some very active listening, and, it, and that's and frankly a skill a lot of us don't really develop. And so that was a a, a, a challenge. I I have some good friends, some family members actually, who listen to the show regularly, who aren't attorneys, and they give me some pretty good feedback mm-hmm. as to whether I sound like I know what I'm doing or not. <laughs> So they're, they've been encouraging as of late. So I think that we're making some progress there. Well, I think that, you know, that active listening skill that you just mentioned is actually something that makes us better lawyers as well. I mean, think about taking depositions, negotiating a deal, that active listening can really be useful in those arenas also. No question. And this interviewing is a, 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 you know, a great way to practice that for lack of a better term. So Talk about the workflow a little bit. How do you prep for the show? What's your you know your process? How do you get people? Well, you, you've talked about reaching out to the guests, but what happens after that? Someone says yes. Yeah. So reach out to a guest and and um, ask you know indicate that I have this podcast and here's the objectives. Here are the kinds of um, guests that we like to have on the show, and you obviously fall into one or more of these mm-hmm. um, categories. Uh, would you be interested? So we start kind of a dialogue there. And then um, if there's if there's a fit and we want to mm-hmm. bring them on the show, then I, at this point, want to be really flexible in mm-hmm. terms of being available to my guests. I don't want to be, a, I don't want to get in a position to say, well, I can't really do it that day because mm-hmm. that's not my recording day. I mean, ideally, I would I will get to a point where I will do the recordings on a specific day, mm-hmm. say a, a Monday or Tuesday for the following Monday, but I'm not at that point yet. So what I do now is I have a scheduling platform mm-hmm. called ScheduleOnce.com, yeah. and I send the, the, the guest the link to my uh, ScheduleOnce um platform and they can then see the 
openings on my calendar mm-hmm. and can pick one that works for them. And that keeps us from having to mm-hmm. do the back and forth of how about Tuesday at 10? No, can't yeah. do Tuesday at 10. How about Wednesday at three? No, I got to take the kids. How about third? You know, so schedule once does mm-hmm. just that. And are you using that tool in your practice as well? I am. As a matter of fact, this, <laughs> uh, yeah, I started off just using it for the, for the podcast, yeah. but now absolutely I'm using it uh, to schedule initial conferences. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Say to the client, Hey, here's a, you know, here's my calendar. Go ahead and tell me when you want to talk. Book a link. Yeah. yeah. And so it then, uh, gets integrated with my Apple calendar, mm-hmm. which is propagated to all my devices. Yeah. So I have that entry on all my calendars. Mm-hmm. And then, um, prior to the podcast, uh, recording, I'll send the guest a couple of, uh, pieces of information. Mm-hmm. One's a, what to expect um, email Mm -hmm. that describes uh, what's going to happen and, and what they need to do and how they need to do it. Um, Things like what I didn't do, turn off the phone. (laughs) 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 I need to read my own memo. Um, Turn off the phone, uh, set notifications to silent, all those kinds of things that would distract you during the call. Sure. Uh, make those go away, um, and just how to set up their the Skype conversation mm-hmm. and, and and how to connect with me for the interview. Then the second piece of information they get is the outline mm-hmm. of generally what I like to talk about on the podcast. Now I, I work hard to hone that outline to start with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to tell you, I almost never stick to it. <laughs> Um, it's really just a general kind of roadmap. And I tell the guests ahead of time, you know, this is generally what I want to talk about, but I'm really going to let the conversation take us wherever it takes us. I want to have the the podcast. I want to have the feeling of two people having a cup of coffee together or sharing an adult beverage together, (laughs) swapping stories about their practice. And, um, I think it, it, it does that it affects, it reaches that effect. So those are the two, uh, pre show communications that Mm -hmm. go out. Then we establish the phone call at the proper time. We do all the sound checks. Mm -hmm. I tell them that I'll, I'll do the intro on a separate role or a separate piece of video or or audio. So I'll give them just a little break and then, uh, I'll welcome them to the show when we're off and running, mm-hmm. recording the show. And as I mentioned, we do it mostly on Skype uh, with the call recorder software, as sure. we talked about. But I also do it on FaceTime mm-hmm. uh, with the same Ecamm call recorder software that has a FaceTime version as well. FaceTime is uh, Apple's video conferencing uh, type system. Um, and for the large part, m- most part, it works identical i I have had at least i have had one one uh episode where it didn't work properly um we think we've traced that problem down to a firewall Ah. on the uh, caller's end but in any case um so you either use skype or 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 facetime and uh we do the recording and when we're done i click the off button and i'll listen through 
one more time mm-hmm. after I do the live re- uh, recording. I'll listen to it one time locally mm-hmm. to pull out some of the notes I want to pull out. And then I upload it to a Dropbox folder that I share with my sound engineer, yep. Cody Bo- uh, Boyce. And I also have the intro and the outro. And as of last week, I'm happy to share with you, uh, I put my sponsor clips in. I'm lucky enough to now be sponsored by um, Daylight by Market Circle, which Mm -hmm. is my practice management software, as well as Spotlight Branding. So those two uh, vendors Mm-hmm. Who are who I'm a client of. Yeah. I was a client long before they before the podcast came about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy to have a sponsor. So I have you know, basically like five different sound clips mm-hmm. that I hand over to Cody. The intro, the interview, the outro, and the two sponsorship yeah. uh, gigs. And he puts them all together. Mm-hmm. It makes it sound great. And then Cody uploads the resulting finished product to iTunes as well as Stitcher Mm -hmm. for our Android uh, users and also loads it on our website. Okay. So talk about the, you know, the big objection that many lawyers have to doing podcasts and you're not doing yours as a part of your law practice, but have you, have you found that it supports the practice? Well, you know, it's interesting that you asked that question because when I talk to most attorneys, they say, well, how's that getting you any law clients? (laughs) And I say, well, it's not really designed to get me law clients. It's designed to help you get law clients. Mm Oh. Oh, well... Yeah, it's helping me. In fact, I had a gentleman yesterday who wrote a comment on uh, a Facebook group that I belong to. He said, hey, listen, this last episode was great. Uh, I'm putting two things into practice, which I'm sure are going to get me uh, clients. Mm -hmm. I can't thank you enough. The only thing I can do is maybe, you know, refer clients to you. Bingo. Um, Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Well, and you're bound to learn something from your guests and from the process as well that you implement. And so you benefit the same way your listeners do. Well, exactly. I mean, I I tell everybody that part of my reason for starting the podcast was uh, to get, frankly, cheap advice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's Actually, it's expensive advice. I just don't have to pay a lot for it. Uh, But yes, that's exactly right. I'm... uh, I implement many of the uh, the suggestions that my guests have. And mm-hmm. one of the things I have to be careful of as the host is, is to, to not convey the impression that I know all of this stuff. Cause I mm-hmm. don't, I don't, I'm learning mm-hmm. it along with the listener in many, in many ways. And that's, Part of the reason for the podcast, join me on this journey as I interview these smart people and learn from them. You have to sort of be the avatar of your audience. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's great. So um, the big objection that I started to allude to is the time consuming component of this. How much of your time do you say goes into putting together an average episode? Your episodes are under an hour. Yeah. 30 to 50 minutes. Yeah. Between 30 and 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm trying to. Wanted to keep it 
frankly, in the 30 to 35 minute um, span, because mm-hmm. that's the average commute around here. Sure. Although, frankly, it's getting to be longer and longer every day. Uh, so I probably could go up to an hour. Uh, but I want people to be able to listen to it in the car, on the mm-hmm. way to work, on the way home from work, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, in terms of uh, developing the website, doing the re- bookings and the recordings, publishing the, the notes and, and the like, you know, I'm easily spending 10 hours a week. Wow. But um, it's starting to to reduce mm-hmm. time as it, as the workflow becomes more standard mm-hmm. and the process becomes more well understood. Uh, frankly, a lot of that time is spent has been spent on my part in doing the website, the corresponding law sure. entrepreneur website. I use a platform called Podcast Websites, mm-hmm. uniquely named. <laughs> it's a um, platform developed by Mark Asquith in conjunction with John Lee Dumas. John Lee Dumas runs an extraordinarily popular podcast called Entrepreneur Online. On Fire. On Fire, yeah. sorry. Entrepreneur on Fire. And um, the, the platform sits on top of WordPress. So if you're familiar with WordPress as a, mm-hmm. um, as a blogging and web site development platform, uh, podcast websites builder application sits on top of that. And it's a one-stop shop for podcasters. It also doubles as a hosting site. So I use um, a different system called Libsyn as mm-hmm. my media host. So when Cody finishes with the, making the, the episode into a final form, he uploads it to Libsyn. I, I said iTunes, but technically up, uploads yep. it to Libsyn. And then Libsyn distributes it to iTunes and, and, and Stitcher and where mm-hmm. have you. And the reason for that is you, you want the servers to be able to handle the millions and millions of people who want to download your, your podcast. And they're optimized for fast delivery of these exactly. kinds of data files. Exactly. Yeah. So podcast websites also provides that function. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of limit your your expenditures if you want to go with them. But I had a little difficulty, frankly, uh, in all honesty, a little difficulty working with Builder on top of mm-hmm. uh, WordPress. And, and it was more my doing than the, than the tool. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've now gotten to a point where I've, I'm now able to use it a lot more sure. efficiently. So that I think that time that I'm spending is going to going to be reduced, and I pro- I'm, I'm probably be able to get this down to um, you know five hours or so a week. Okay, for a thirty minute podcast. That's my that's my objective. Got it. Okay. Well, as we wrap things up, let me ask you: What's your favorite moment from your podcasting experiences so far? Well, I, I, I have to tell you, it's because I'm a fanboy. I, I, the idea that David Sparks would come on my podcast was kind of overwhelming to me. Oh. Because, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've listened to just about every minute he's ever broadcast mm-hmm. uh, on his Mac Power user. So that that was pretty special. Um, and, and frankly, hearing our, you know, lead-in music the first time. <laughs> um, sure. That that was that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, and then and of course 
getting somebody to stand up and say, Hey, we'd like to give you some money and sponsor your podcast. Uh, that doesn't suck either. So, right. <laughs> so those are three pretty, uh, pretty significant events. Okay. For me. Okay. Any nightmare moments so far? Well, I had, you know, one, a couple of nightmare, uh, moments. One, I did a great interview with Nakia gray, um, who's a fabulous, uh, attorney does a lot of speaking here in the Washington DC mm-hmm. area has a virtual practice. And, uh, hers was the one where we had the, um, problem with FaceTime. Ah. Mm-hmm. And, and when I went to go listen to the file and the two tracks were disjointed, ah. but fortunately Cody was able to minimize that impact. Mm-hmm. So he, he helped reduce that nightmare. Um, and then, you know, I had another little nightmare where, uh, I could not get the, the sound to work. Mm -hmm. It was a technical problem. And the technical problem was I forgot to turn the microphone on. (laughs) (laughs) That only has to happen once. And you'll remember every time (laughs) I got, I got a little checklist. We've all been there (laughs) next to the computer. And hopefully that will never happen again. (laughs) <laughs> well, other than turn the microphone on, what advice would you offer a lawyer starting out in the, in, with a podcast? I, I, I think the, the key question we have to ask ourselves is who's your audience and mm-hmm. what do you want to, what do you have to say? You know, I think one of the problems with, with, uh, blogging, uh, legal blogs, uh, uh, lawyer blogs is they write to other attorneys for other attorneys, they write about changes in the law or unique issues going up on appeal, and that certainly has its market, but it's a fairly narrow market. Mm-hmm. So, if you if you know going in that that's your audience and that's who you want to write for, then fine. But if you're writing those types of blogs in the hopes that the public is going to read them and say wow, what a smart guy. I'm going to hire him as an attorney, him or her as an attorney. I think you're barking up the wrong tree. It's hard to convey personality and the no like, and trust factor. Certainly, you know, you can prove your authority in writing that kind of thing or in podcasting that way. Oh, I mean, there are some folks that are, you know, very, um, uh, scholarly in their approach to their shows. And yeah, yeah, you convey authority, but you don't convey or, or get that affinity and that trust. So I think you have to ask yourself, what is it that I'm trying to go after? Mm-hmm. And I was, I was lucky that I, I was pretty clear. I wanted my podcast to help those who have, who are starting their own sure. law firm. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I was thinking mostly of young attorneys, kids, because there, there is a, there is a problem in the legal market these days. There's more, law students being churned out, then there are jobs available. And so for a lot of these kids, the only way they're going to have an opportunity to practice law is to open their own practice. And nobody's taught them how to run a practice. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a, that was a market that was, uh, that needed to be served and it's proven to be so. Yeah. So uh, I think that's the question you have to ask yourself. I'm waiting, I'm looking for somebody to do humor in the law podcast. I think that would be a great 
any of your listeners are out there. <laughs> okay. They're looking for a niche. If you got a comic who who's also a lawyer, I think I think that would be because we all take ourselves a bit too seriously sometimes. So I think humor in the law would be a great I think that's that. a brilliant idea. Okay, listeners, <laughs> that that's a, a call to action. <laughs> Let's see what we come up with. There you go. Uh, that's great. Well, listen, this has been a terrific interview. Do you have anything else you want to tell the audience before we wrap things up? Well, I uh, I love the idea of podcasting, having on-demand um, you know, radio, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, I just it it it's something that, that I hope people continue to to enjoy and use and listen to because there's plenty of it available, thousands and thousands of podcasts on any subject you would you would ever care to imagine to, to listen to. So as long as it's supported, it'll still be there. Okay. Well, Neil, thank you so much for joining us. It's been tremendously informative. I've learned a lot from you and I'm sure the listeners have as well. And I'm very grateful for you uh, coming on the show. I'm very happy to have appeared here and thank you very much for your time. So how can folks reach you? Well, the easiest way is to uh, contact me uh, via email at neil at the law entrepreneur, neil at the law entrepreneur, and also go to our website, thelawentrepreneur.com. That's the the most direct way, but I also have a Facebook page and and Twitter account by the same name. So, all right, okay. Well, with that, I'm going to um, cue our outro music and say thanks to the listeners. Please do take a moment to send us comments and suggestions on the website over at lawpodcaster.com and uh, review on the iTunes Store or whatever directory you listen in uh, would be very welcome. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. The Law Podcasting Podcast is brought to you by Power Podcasting for Lawyers, the only how-to podcasting course designed specifically for attorneys, where you can learn the ins and outs of creating and producing your own law podcast, so you can grow your practice by building authority, affinity, and trust with prospective clients and referral sources. With short, easy-to-digest video and audio lessons and a community of like-minded lawyer podcasters, Power Podcasting for Lawyers is the best way to get your show off the ground smoothly and quickly. Learn more about Power Podcasting for Lawyers at lawpodcasting.com.